Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? Open up your Bibles today if you would. We're going to be going to Numbers chapter 8. And today we're going to be talking about The Shining. Oh, not the movie, okay? But I have to think of some kind of, you know, catchy phrase for all of these sermons because when people go online to search things and they happen to search The Shining, my message will be right there. And they'll go, what in the world did this preacher have to say about The Shining? And when they log on, we're going to give them Jesus Christ. It's just a little fishing, just a little bait. That's all it is, okay? And so if you happen to be on Facebook or YouTube this morning or online, you know, and you can do, uh, you know, subscribe or, or uh, like or something on that line, it does increase our algorithms and it drives people to the messages that we preach. And uh, that may be the biggest evangelistic thing you can do today. Maybe that's the one thing you could do to help save a soul is just to share like... Uh, you know, or subscribe, and it does increase. For some reason, it puts you closer to the top of the list. And you know what people do whenever they Google something, only things on the front page are the only thing to get seen. And so um, help take, you know, wh whether it's our church or whether it's a church that you watch, whenever you're listening to the Word of God, one of the best ways that you can say amen online is to push like or, or, or subscribe or, you know, share. Okay, It's the way of saying amen. It's a way of passing it on. It's you doing your part for the kingdom of God I would love to see it so that every Google page or that every time somebody went on you know went, went on some search engine that it would come up with Jesus on the front page you know there's I mean, let me tell you the the church of the living God is doing so great and it's and it's so strong around the world there's no reason we can't be number one in everything why not just simply do your part it takes a little time but if you can do that you know if you have a favorite preacher that you watch well you know give them that amen yeah and and uh, it will just increase the word of god getting out to people all right today the shining <laughs> now you may have heard it rightly said that the bible only contains one story and it does old testament and new testament one story the old testament you might have heard it said as well is the new testament concealed and the new testament is the old testament revealed what that means is that God's plan is seen from Genesis to Revelation. And over and over, he lays that plan out in so many ways that he's hoping that each one of us could find our way to understand the plan of salvation. Even in Genesis, the very first few verses, uh, you know, God talks about the plan of salvation. It's a picture of you. It's a picture, you know, God created the heaven and the earth. Just put yourself right there. God created you. And then... Guess what happened by verse 2? Guess what happened in your life, okay? The earth was void and without form and darkness covered the face of the deep, you know? Darkness covered your life. You, you were without godliness. You were, you were not what God had hoped in the creation. 
darkness came to your life and, 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 and you were without God and without light and without life. And guess what God did? The Spirit of God, Genesis 1 says, came down, moved down upon on the face of the waters. The Spirit of God moved down on your life. The Spirit of God came down for you. The Holy Spirit began to woo your heart and began to deal with your mind. It's a picture, even from the very first words of Genesis, it's a picture of God going to save the world. God's going to do it one life at a time. And the Spirit of God began to hover and begin to brood and begin to flutter over your life and then God said let there be light and my goodness light came to my life it's a picture of God saving the world all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation over and over and over we get a picture of God saving the world we get a picture of God introducing light into darkness for very specific reasons let's look in numbers the eighth chapter with this truth in mind let's look and see what god did way back there 1500 years before christ or so whenever god was leading the children of israel through the wilderness and moses was their deliverer god spoke through him and spoke to him in Numbers, the 8th chapter, the Bible says, verse 1, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, verse 2, Speak to Aaron and say to him, When you arrange lamps, the seven lamps, let's, let's, let's hold that, let's pause right there for just a moment. You know, God instituted lamps. God wants light. God loves light. And here God is speaking to Moses about the tabernacle that he has had Moses to build. And Moses built this tabernacle after the pattern that he saw in heaven. It is an image, a picture of God's tabernacle in heaven. And he said, listen, these seven lamps, which by the way were on one lampstand, it's one lampstand with seven different lights, seven different uh, uh, lampstands. And, uh, uh, you know, this, th this tabernacle... That, that Moses had built, it consisted of three different courts. I believe I, I, I have a big picture here of the, of the, uh, of the outer of, of, of the whole thing, okay? Uh, if, if you can see it there on your screen, see it here. Uh, this is, is, is the picture. This has three different courts in it, okay? First of all, what we're looking at here is the outer court, okay? The outside of it represents the world outside of this dwelling. And inside that little curtained off fence is called the outer court. You see that there's an altar in that outer court. It's called the brazen altar. It's where sacrifice for sin was brought. That's why you see some animals in there. A lamb you see in there, and they would have brought bulls and goats and birds in there. And the people would have brought this to the outer court. You could come to the outer court and bring your sacrifice for sins, and your sin was forgiven for one year. Isn't that amazing? Or if you sinned again, then you would bring it again. It was a cycle of sin and sacrifice. 
That happened in the outer court. But in that little building you see, with like that, that's a representation of the glory of God shining out from that third court. In that building is two more courts, okay? And everyone was welcomed in the outer court, but there was also an inner court that the Levites, the priesthood, was invited into this place. Only those called to the priesthood could enter into what is called the holy place or the inner court. Let me show you a picture of that. It's the one on the right. See that inner court? Only the priesthood could come into here. And what happened on a daily basis in this court was that a priest would come in, you see that priest there, approaching the altar of incense. That's where incense would be placed on the altar and it would cause a smoke to go up to God and the priest would stand there and with the prayers of the priest and the prayers of the people outside, the prayers would be lifted to the very throne room of God. It was an act of worship and an act of prayer. What you see in this outer court are three pieces of furniture. One is that lampstand. See that lampstand? We're going to be talking about that lampstand today. That lampstand was made from one beaten piece of pure gold. It had seven lamps on it. What you see across from that lampstand is a table with showbread on it. Bread was baked every day. Bread represents the Word of God. And the Word of God had to be fresh every day. Okay? It, uh, everything in this tabernacle speaks again, just like Genesis did, and just like Revelation does. It speaks to God's single intent. From, from the Old Testament and the New Testament, one single intent. What we see are three things here. This lampstand to give light. The lampstand, one piece of pure beaten gold represents the body of christ isn't that interesting it's the one body it of course it was filled with oil which was the holy spirit and 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 it, and and the light that burned the fire that burned was the fire of the holy ghost but yet it is the body of Christ burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost, shining light on the Word of God and on the worship and on the prayers of God's people. Isn't that amazing? That's a representation. And then, of course, in the inner court, which is to the left there, is the Ark of the Covenant, the presence, the power, the glory of God. The mercy seat was there. Uh, you know, we should take note that this inner court is situated in a very particular place. Notice, when I showed you the world and the outer court, and then the holy of holies, okay, this most holy place, that the inner court, this holy place, where the lampstand and the bread of life and the prayers and the worship of God's people. It sits right between God and the world. Isn't that interesting? It sits right between. It is the mediator between God and man. Between a holy God 
with His presence, His power, and His glory, and a world that's lost and without Him and is in need of a sacrifice for their sin or else they will pay an eternal price. What an amazing representation. We're told in Exodus chapter 30, in verse 8, that the high priest was the lamp, the light, the lamp at evening. Every evening, the high priest would go in and light the lamp. <laughs> Think about it. It's a representation of Jesus lighting the lamp in the evening of God's timing. And the lamp was to burn until the daylight came. This, this Holy Ghost that God has given us, this Holy Spirit that God has given the body of Christ, we were brought to light in the evening of God's time clock, in His, 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 his time period. And we are to stand and bring light to the Word and to worship and to prayer, standing between God and man and bringing others into communion with Him and their prayers unto heaven uh, until the daylight comes, till Jesus comes again. Everything, you know, represented in the Old Testament is for a day, a week, a month, a year. But in the New Testament, it shifts to a lifetime. We are saved by one sacrifice for all of our lives. You know, we, we, we who are born again are that lampstand. We are intended by God to be the body of Christ. Exodus 27 says that he gave Aaron, God gave Aaron and his sons the responsibility to keep the lamp burning. That means this, that it was a priesthood responsibility to make sure that the lamp of God did not go out in the darkness. That, that there was always light shining on the Word of God. That there was always light shining on the prayers lifted to a holy God. That there was always light shining. That the body of Christ would always shine the light of the Holy Spirit in worship to God. What a picture. What a revelation. What an incorporation God has given us to realize that from the very beginning He had a plan for you and for me and every one of us who is born again. We have become kings and priests unto our God. We are born into the priesthood. We are born again into the responsibilities that we are called a shoulder to keep the light of Christ burning in the earth. To stand and reach from God to man and bringing others to Christ as we evangelize a world that is lost in darkness that is bound in sin and we have a chance to reach out let me say once again the lampstand with the seven golden lamps is the church of Jesus Christ and the church is intended to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the fire of God and burning bright in the earth today this is confirmed by the book of Revelation in the book of Revelation in, in chapter 1 here Jesus is speaking to John, and he says, The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. This lampstand with seven golden lamps on it. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. We, the church of the living God, we are God's hope of light in the earth. One day God said, let there be light. 
and Christ became the light of my life. And now we have become Emmanuel. The church is the body of Christ. We now are the lamp of the Holy Spirit shining out into the world, into a lost and hurting darkness. With these things in mind, let's get back to our passage in Numbers 8. Were you holding that spot? Numbers 8, verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron the following instructions. When you set up the seven lamps in the lampstand, place them so their light shines forward in front of the lampstand. So Aaron did this. He set the seven lamps so they reflected their light forward, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. I'm telling you the truth that everything you read in the Word of God has a meaning, it has a purpose, and if you will search it out, if you will make sure that you overlay word upon word upon word upon word, you will see the one story that God is telling, and this is a story of the body of Christ. It is what we have been commanded to do, and if we would take these instructions, we would all be better off, the world would be better off, God's plan would get done, and the best that we will ever do is do it God's way. Let me tell you, the best you can ever do is do the will of God you will not have near as much pain doing the will of God as you have not doing the will of God this is the gospel this morning I want to call our attention on the mission and the focus of the church it's evident that the world is in a period of darkness have you noticed that the world is dark have you noticed it looks like it's getting darker and darker? Today as we sit here in church, as we're at home or in our offices or driving along wherever you may be, listening or watching, listen, the world is being drawn into darkness. And things will wax worse and worse in this world, darker and darker. But yet there is a light, there is a light of Jesus Christ that burns bright with the Holy Spirit. There is a light that God has given to the world and darkness cannot overcome this world as long as the light of the church is left on planet earth and only when this light is removed shall darkness have its way. But today, darkness cannot have its way. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ through the church of the living God has a power given to God to bring and to illuminate the hearts and souls of mankind. We have a calling. It's evident the world is in a period of darkness. They are between the evening time when sin came into the world. They are between the evening and the daylight when Christ shall return. God has a plan. It's a predestined plan. It has a timing attached to it. And I don't know how you feel, but I am feeling just like my, my forefathers in every generation that it's getting closer and closer, that Jesus is coming soon. I don't know if he's coming for everyone or not in my lifetime, but I know he's coming for me. And I have this renewed desire to shine brighter and brighter. I have this renewed desire to be the church of the living God, to make sure I leave something behind for the next generation, to make sure that we are reproducing, that we are evangelizing, that we are discipling, and we are reproducing churches around the earth so that should the Lord tarry, there shall be a lampstand in the earth till he comes again. 
The body of Christ continues to be strategically positioned between Almighty God and lost humanity who sit in darkness. And the focus of the church is clearly directed by God. Notice what God said to Moses and to Aaron and to the priest. Notice what God said to us. When you light the lamp, face it forward. Set it so it faces forward. First, I submit to you that we should be a forward-looking people, that we should be a people that are not bound up in our past and not bound up in looking back into people's sins and all the problems. And we, we should not be spending all of our energy looking at all of the problems that are presented to us. And all the, We should be those who are presenting the light of the glorious gospel of Christ for a bright eternity, for a great future, for all that God has. We do not need to be as interested in people's past sins as we need to be in their future righteousness that they can be cleaned, they can be changed, they can be given a new life in Christ. Today you can be given a new life in Christ. Today I want you to know that God is not as interested in your past as He is in your future. Wherever you may be on the scale of sin, sinner, saint, God still is looking toward your future. And the light of the church needs to be shining on the future. We need to be facing forward, not only with a forward look to people's life, but we also need to realize the picture in the tabernacle that I showed you, that this lamp facing forward, it was facing forward for a reason, because it was shining on the bread of life. It was shining its light, not into a dark corner. We should never turn our backs on the Word of God. We should never turn our backs on worship. We should never turn our backs on prayer but we are called as the church of the living God as the body of Christ and members in particular to shine our lights on the word of God on the worship of a holy God and on prayers that we lift with the incense of our life the Bible says that the prayers we lift they are a sweet smelling savor unto God the worship that we bring him it's like a sweet-smelling incense to Him. You know, we must not shine the light of the Holy Spirit on the sins of people, on the problems of the past, on the darkness of this world, but rather on the saving grace of God. Prayer, worship, and the Word of God. You who have been called, you who have been born again, you have been born into the priesthood. I'm here to tell you that every one of you no matter your age, your stage, your economic level, your culture, your custom, no matter your past, you who have been born again, you are called into a holy priesthood. You are a royal priesthood, a holy generation. You're a brand new nation, a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are kings and priests. Lift up your head, open up your eyes, stand up straight and tall. Almighty God's on the inside of you, and you are meant to be a light shining in darkness. He said, I am the light of the world. And then he lit our lamps and said, you are the light of the world. You go forward, and other men will see that light, and they will bring glory to God. We can do this, church. We can do this. We must realize we have a purpose. We must realize that God has instructed us and told us what to do. You're called with a holy calling. You're called to serve as one body, hammered from one single piece 
of pure gold. You have been fashioned by the hand of God. You have been designed and created with perfection according to what God has called you to do. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too tall. You're not too short. You're not too pretty and you're not too ugly. <laughs> you're not too poor and you're not too rich. You are perfectly positioned. You have been created as pure gold in the hands of an almighty God. Fashioned and it's taken some hammering to hammer you out. The body of Christ is still being hammered out today in every generation. But we need to realize that God has a purpose for us. It's to face forward, to shine a light on the word, on worship, and on prayer. He has a purpose. God wants the body of Christ and every member in particular to be engaged in his work. He's not lit your candle so you can hide it under a bushel. No man lights a light and hides it. No man lights a candle only to put it under a covering, but rather to set it up on a hill so that those who see that light might come to the light. You, you are a light to the world. You may not recognize it. Maybe the devil has deceived you. Maybe you have allowed him to come back into your mind and tell you that not you, you can't do it. Do you know who you are? You know what you did yesterday? You know the sin that you did last week? Listen, that light is not designed to shine back. It's designed to shine forward. Come on now. Open up your eyes. Lift up your, your, your head. Stand up strong and realize you are the body of Christ. You are the lamp of God. You are filled with the Holy Spirit of God and you are called to face forward and bring light to the world and to shine wherever you may be in school, in a, in a, in a, in a plant out here, at Walmart, in your neighborhood. You are called by God to participate in His great plan of salvation. You can do it on the internet. You can do it on your phone. You can do it simply through the mail of steel snail mail evangelism you can do this God is prodding you he's encouraging you continually listen to the voice no doubt he's turning this up constantly no doubt you're making a greater impact than you ever imagined this morning as I am closing I'm going to offer you some practical steps two practical steps that you can take to accomplish the calling of the Holy Spirit in your life. These are two initial steps that every born-again believer should take according to the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. According to the picture of eternity, here are two biblical admonitions from the Word of God for you today. Number one, join yourself to a body of believers. 
You are not independent lamp out here. There are no independent lamps out here. You didn't see him say, set all these little lamps all around. All of them were connected to one body, to one piece of pure gold. And we are one church in one faith in one baptism. And I know there are a lot of you that, 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 that would think, well, that could be many. Listen, it can't be. Read from Genesis to Revelation and show me where God ever separated his body. We're not individuals independent of the body of Christ. God sets the solitary in families. And this is my call, it's my admonition, it's my command. Join a body of believers. It doesn't mean put your name on a membership list, by the way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about going on some membership list. I don't even know if we have an accurate membership list here. Okay? John Osteen, one time I heard him say about 35 years ago, the only thing God ever said, join, was a chariot. You know, and, 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 uh, he told Philip that in about Acts 8. I, I don't know. I do like to know who I'm responsible for so I can pray and I can, I can reach out and meet needs and things on that line. But I'm not talking about church membership. I'm talking about joining in. To the vision, the heart, the ministry, the work. Becoming a participating member, a functioning member, a connected part. I'm talking about joining your heart and joining your resources and joining your hope to a body of believers, to a family of God, just like God intends. God intends for every one of us to have a family of believers, not just a family, not just in our house having church. Let me tell you something. If house church is the only thing you can do, then do it with all of your heart. But if it's not the only thing you can do, don't sell the body of Christ short. What are you going to find in the body of Christ? You're going to find people that aren't perfect. And if you find a perfect church, let me tell you something. Don't go there. You're going to mess it up. Are there hypocrites in the church? Yes. And there are hypocrites in the bar too. There are hypocrites at work. There are hypocrites in the neighborhood. There's hypocrites probably in your family. And if you point your finger at hypocrites, you're probably a hypocrite. The body of Christ is a family. We are like, as God called us, a cluster of grapes. The new wine is in the cluster. Some of them are green, some of them are ripe, some of them are sweet, some of them are sour, some of them are dried up prunes. But when you crush them all together, somehow God anoints it and makes it this new wine of the Holy Spirit. Stop looking at other people. Stop looking at all the reasons why. Stop listening to the devil and stop listening to divisive intents of the enemies of God. Come on, get in, get involved. The first admonition for every born-again believer is no different than God's desire for every child that is born into this world, that he's born into a family, a family that will love him, protect him, correct him, instruct him, encourage him so that he can carry on the family whenever they're dead and gone. We need some more young people in here to carry on this work when I'm dead and gone. Come on. Join your heart to a church. And it may not be reflected in a membership card. Okay? And, and uh, you, know, if you, you know, if you want to do that, do that. I value that. I don't want to devalue that. But I want you to know that that's not the point. The point is not to get your name on the list. The point is to get your heart into work. 
because the church of the living God, Jesus died for the church and he's coming back for the church. Don't sell the church short. The church is the hope of Russia today. The church is the hope of Ukraine today. The church is the hope of Thailand today. The church is the hope of Kenya today. The church is the hope of Indonesia. The church, the living church of Almighty God, filled with the Holy Spirit, is the hope of the world. It's the lampstand of God. More than one flicker. Join your light. Number two, face forward. This is a biblical admonition for every born-again believer. Number one, join your life, your heart, to a local body of believers. And number two, for goodness sake, face forward. I pray that yesterday and the days past were your worst days. But we're still commissioned to take up our cross and follow him. There may be some hard days in the future. There may be some difficult days for those of you that are listening in some other countries around the world. There may be some difficult days in the future. Sometimes it can be hard to pay bills. Sometimes it can be hard to find food to eat. Sometimes in some places it can be hard. But when you do it with Jesus, let me encourage you. He'll always face you forward. He'll always give you hope. He'll always tell you you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Don't let this last year, this last two years, this last season of your life spell the end. Choose to reflect the will of God, the will of our soon coming King. Refuse to focus all of your energy on the problems of the past, but allow the Holy Spirit to use your life and your church that you make strong. You make the church stronger. Listen, uh, you know, you should be making us different. You should make a difference here. You should make a difference in what we're doing from Port Arthur to Port-au-Prince. You should be making a difference somehow. What are you contributing? The Bible does not say go and become a disciple. The Bible says go and make disciples. It's our challenge. You've been given responsibilities as sons and daughters to keep the lamp burning, shining the light of Christ on the Word of God, on worship, and on prayer. Make those three things priorities in your life. The Word of God you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, replace it with the Word of God. Shine the light on the Word of God. Shine the light on worship. If you're entertaining things in your mind that you shouldn't, then find your place in worship. Worship will straighten up your mind. Shine the light of the Holy Spirit on the personal worship time that you have. If you're needing something from God, then shine the light of the Holy Spirit in your life on prayer and take those things to prayer. Worship, prayer, and the Word of God. Join your hearts and face forward. I'm encouraging you this morning to participate in church. Where do you fit? Where can you participate? How can you make the church better, stronger, and brighter?
That's your responsibility. This morning, I want to encourage those of you on campus and those of you watching online to take this word to heart. You may want to listen to it again, but you can simply remember these three things. Okay? Now, bearing in mind, you are the lampstand. You are the light of the world. You're, you're, you're born again. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're the light of the world. Shine your light on the word, worship, and prayer. Personally involve yourself. Not just at church, but at home. Everywhere you go. But when you come to church, sing, worship. I know it's not easy. Press through, though, because you're a light. And our praises are lifted to heaven, and God inhabits the praise of his people. I know it's not always comfortable. I know every one of you is not a singer. But I'm going to tell you, shine your light on worship. Let your light shine, your personal light, and worship God. You may find a brand new you in there. Number two, whenever I pray, whenever we pray, you pray. It's not a time to check out. We're lights. You make us brighter. You know, you contribute. You might want to pray silently. You know, you might want to sing in your head. But don't check out. Don't check out on God. You are the light of the world. We are a body. Okay? I pray that while I am preaching, my arm doesn't go to sleep. That my leg doesn't go to sleep. This is not the picture of the victorious bride of Christ. Come on. Worship when we worship. Pray when we pray. And when we preach the Word of God, give your attention to the Word of God. Some of you might even start thinking about bringing a Bible. Come on. I see that Bible with dust on it right there. Your coffee table. Okay, you got the picture? All right. Now, if you're not born again, you don't know what we're talking about, get saved. Okay? Just like Royce gave his testimony this morning, listen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And you can receive eternal life through Jesus Christ simply by asking Him into your heart. Like he said this morning, they asked me questions. Did I believe in God? I said, yes, because I did. Did I believe in Jesus? Yes, because I did. Then ask him into your heart. Okay, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Save my soul. If you'll do that right now, wherever you are, here or there, Jesus will save your soul. Okay? And he'll make you a light. Church, shine forward. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.